0: For more information, visit multrimobile.com. The
1: Houndsman XP podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsman of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsman. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market. For 76 years, this Made in America product has kept hunting dogs in the field day after day, season after season. And when we say made in America, Joy has a long track record of fighting for American freedoms by being on the front lines against the animal rights movement and their extremist tactics. Joy will fuel your hounds and fight for your freedoms. Fueled by Joy. How many times do you hound doggers catch yourself thinking about an awesome hunt you had or retelling this great story with family and friends around the dinner table and all you have to remember that moment is some terrible cell phone picture, or worse, no picture at all? Well, Houndsman XP has partnered with Rough Cut Company to help solve your problem and make beautiful pieces of art to remember for all time your experiences in the field. Rough Cut Company is an American-owned and American-made business in Wisconsin that specializes in custom, unique photo engravings on hardwood that are framed to any picture you want. They also do customizable antler dog chews and even beautiful unique antler rings from their own red deer in Wisconsin. Roughcut Company can do pretty much anything you ask. Their customer service is second to none. Give them a look at roughcutcompany.com and when you check out, make sure you check out with HXP 10% off to get a discount on your final purchase. Check them out, you guys, and support people that support Houndsmen and help keep us in the field and remembering those times forever. You know, we all have that one special dog hanging out on the porch. He's just a little bit of this and a little bit of that. All these things you like coming together to make one superb dog. That was exactly what we had in mind when we made this show. Welcome to All Mixed Up. Chad, what's up, buddy? Not much, man. Busy day. Busy, busy, busy day, but this, this is a fun one. I'm excited about this one you busy yeah I don't believe it <laughs> That's mangoes here hmm yeah uh I heard about your your eating habits on a prior episode but mangoes a step up it's healthier yeah. <laughs> and it's not as crunchy so um <laughs> plenty of sugars more sugars than I need I think this one only has like 400 calories probably like 90 grams of sugar whatever it's... just pretend you're carbo loading for your next hunt dude there we go <laughs> What's up, man? What do you What have you been up to? Oh, um, let's see. Falconry season's over. I'm trying to chase some lions. I just haven't gotten on anything. I've been looking for tracks a lot. Um, find a really old one to turn out on the other day, and they did good. The pups got out and got to chase it. Uh, then it, we never jumped it up, but it was just cold trailing forever. But they got to go up the canyon and down the canyon. and got on some dry land and luckily we you know found it in the snow again so they got to push through that and um but nothing nothing to take a picture of really you know uh just good old-fashioned dog work just (laughs) waiting for spring bear to open up really at this point Ah. and uh now the prairie dogs are starting to peek out and that's that's fun target practice i got an old farm (laughs) road where before. I felt like i shoot them with a 44 <laughs> from the vehicle, you know, that that may or may not be 100% safe, you know, but uh it's a whole lot of fun. Um so yeah, I've never done it. Coming back around again and and uh and waiting for spring bear, man. What about you? you nice. been, the uh, the long dogs doing good? Or not the long dogs. They they are well all, all of them. I mean, I I had to lay up my long dogs from injury, but it's a uh, it's been the season of the Saluki. there you go uh yeah man just getting your hopes up for your two i know when i talk about them you're like i hope you know i want mine i want mine Uh (laughs) so if your girls come out like these boys then you're gonna be a happy camper they've been um you know the they they uh they appreciate the speed in january and december when i run my greyhounds with them but you know they're just uh, a little less desert adapted than my salukis and i can run them really hard and yeah they've been uh piling them up been uh very happy you know we limit ourselves to one hair a day so yeah. that kind of is lame Safe. but hey that keeps it where we can find hairs. so mm-hmm. you drive you know two hours for a three-minute course but i caught a four-minute rabbit um two weeks ago Still riding that high i had a pretty ugly spill but everyone is all right and uh <clears throat> strider caught that rabbit so that was the last uh last race i'm gonna go out this week sometime looking forward to it but otherwise my world's just uh yeah Mostly on the couch for them. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, a little less diverse, my brother. We yeah. got a we got <laughs> a short, we got an easy, let's see. There will be less bouncing around this episode of All Mixed Up than there typically is. But I'm gonna say right now, this episode of All Mixed Up is the very definition of what I had in mind for this show. Chad, you wrangled up a great host. Break it down, brother. Uh we got we got the Python Cowboy, aka Trapper Mike. Um, mainly known as, you know, the guy catching all these giant pythons down in, uh, down in, down in Florida, down in South Florida, the Everglades and, and shooting the iguanas, you know, I, I imagine most people listening to this episode have seen at least one video of some wild Florida redneck shooting, shooting iguanas (laughs) out of trees and sticking his draught and, and, uh, dogs on, on them to, you know, go grab them wounded iguanas and fetch them back into the boat. He, you know he takes a lot of people. So there's always some new folks in the videos, you know, but yeah, that and and a hog dogger, you know, so uh, we kind of break down all the cool stuff he does and how he does it and why he does it, you know, the iguanas and the pythons are, are an invasive species, they do not belong there. And they're causing a problem killing off the native wildlife. And to where all it is is, you know, you know, pigs too. yeah yeah i know right you know between the iguanas the snakes and the hogs like those are his three things His at least the main things he's known for and and none of them belong and they're absolutely everywhere so uh yeah when you text me you were like oh man i got python cowboy on the line i was like what yeah i saw that guy on youtube let's talk to him so chad you guys coming in clutch as usual (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was fun, man. I had a lot of, I I wanted to ask him the, the questions that weren't just like, obviously I was like, Hey, tell us about yourself, but I want to ask him the questions we're all thinking. Like, can you get killed by those things? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? So obviously I was pretty excited to talk to him. I, I first saw his, one of his videos on YouTube with one of my favorite, my favorite food review guy when eating food. And then you guys are here all about that. Um, yeah. yeah, it was, I had a lot of fun talking to him, man. He's a character and, uh, I think you and I are going to have to make our trip to Florida soon. (laughs) That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. I'd love to, you know, get haggis on a hog and, you know, maybe, you know, uh, steal a terrier from one of my local guys, you know, one of my terriers back when they're not looking and run down there and, and and (laughs) give it a shot again. I haven't hog hunted in years. I'm dying. I've missed it. That'd be, that'd be awesome. I got a lot of fun poking fun at all the, all the different quirks, you guys. I'm gonna just say right now, all my terrier people out there, you guys know I love you. This show was uh, I heavily featured terriers in here, and so uh, I made a couple of jokes. You guys will love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was it was awesome. And uh, you know, I have two two pre roll stories I want to break down before we roll into the episode. First of all, my favorite Florida hunting story of all time is I was in wildlife school when we when I first heard this. Bow fishing is huge there. You know, you guys have like lots of waterways and stuff and bow fishing alligators. I don't know if it's legal or not, but that's not, I think it is, but this is not relevant to this story. Okay. There was a guy who was bow fishing for alligators. Okay. He shot an alligator with his bow. Turns out it was a tweaker using an alligator head decoy so he could (laughs) breathe and he was swimming across canals with drugs. To take drugs over to a dead drop to hide and this bow fisherman spotlighted the alligator head and shot the alligator with his bow and it was a tweaker swimming and I'm just like, that's so true. That's Florida. (laughs) Oh, that's very Florida. But now I got a question. Do you think uh, like the go wild accounts would you could mark (laughs) that as a trophy? You know like you think you can mark that as a trophy on go wild like okay what Dude, is it yeah. tweaker taken in south tweaker, florida yeah. uh, nice. with uh, you know means of take uh, you know like a, a fishing bow you know uh you were like <laughs> i was trying to get his age by his teeth but he doesn't yeah. have any <laughs> no it, there's a little nub there you know like that generally if you if your tweakers are to nub status at that point they're they're you know just about to fall under the 30s i think you know <laughs> Uh, <laughs> i um, thought he was an old mature male it looked like he was 75 but in reality he was 22 <laughs> mm-hmm. there you go <clears throat> just you know hard life you know it's hard yeah, it's yeah. hard to be a tweaker in florida sometimes can you imagine reeling a guy in <laughs> when he yeah. he's smoking with your bow <laughs> uh what happened was there more to the story i don't know like, just, I mean, just, yeah like, i mean obviously the cops and the ambulance came i don't know i i there wasn't much of a follow-up they just hmm. they were like yeah some guy and then um Another funny thing is Python Cowboys kind of living one of my perspective life goals because uh, when I was leaving wildlife school, uh, I got a job with Ted Turner, the Turner Endangered Species Fund, okay. and I worked with that for a while. It was a blast. I loved it, but it was just a temporary gig, and my plan was back then when I graduated in 2010, or well, I was in school, but when I graduated in 2013 and worked for TESF, um, those pythons were really getting a lot of news and i was going to they were hiring hunters to go out there and start the pro, biologists to start that hunting program to kind of flesh it out and kind of get an idea of what that hunting program is going to be like and dude that's what i wanted to do straight up i wanted yeah. to apply to yeah i wanted to go to florida and and contract to hunt those pythons but then uh i met a lady and uh she was like you should come back to come back to you know new mexico and i was like all right well girls have a way of doing that to you <laughs> they'll do it bro They'll, they'll yeah, i was like <laughs> snake or cat it. i'm yeah. choosing cat <laughs> yeah there you go <clears throat> if you catch my drift <laughs> oh yeah so oh yeah yeah so so yeah i went back and uh i didn't get to do it so that is something that's definitely on my bucket list and hey dude i'm down to try eating one if you are <laughs> what a snake <laughs> yeah dude yeah yeah why not? i'll try a snake let's a I, python dude i don't know yeah. if i want to eat a rattlesnake but I, i've eaten I a rattlesnake yeah 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 yeah, I'll yeah, do a yeah. python. I'll do a python. That's fine. Uh, my, what's funny is that I don't actually get to come up with it, but I know a bunch of people that um, shoot the things down in, in, in different spots of Florida, and they actually uh, will mail it out to different places in the United States for falconers to use as food for their birds, like iguana Ooh, tail, I guess. Idea. you know, It's not like it's perfect. It's not like an ideal food or something like that. It's just a, a quality meat you yeah. know that they nobody's doing anything else with you know so like i'm not uh okaying the use of it or anything like that i just know that it's been done you know i've never figured i don't them. know what it does to a bird or, or how you know how they do on it you know i know there are some species of raptor that you know eat amphibians you know as a, yeah, as a base for sure. you know but you know but as a as a staple diet i don't i don't, I don't know I yeah i that. think it's fine i mean not maybe not a staple it's not nutritionally complete but the tails i mean why not yeah. if you're eating the whole body sure mm-hmm. sure why not mm-hmm. you know um uh another weird funny thing with those iguanas so they are edible and people do eat them mm-hmm. and uh, there was a funny story i was reading on the weird news that uh this guy there was a cold snap in florida and all those things are like falling out of the trees cold yep. and he picked them up and put them all in his car and they all came back to life in his warm car, and they were like freaking out in his car. And he had to pull over on the interstate, and just open the door, and all these iguanas are like running out of his car. Mm-hmm. So anyway, <laughs> that'd make me laugh. I'd love to see that. But you know what's so funny? I'm, this is there's so many things flying through my head right now. Eating weird, you're you're feeding stuff to your animals that's yeah. not just like normal food. Uh, I have a really diverse group of friends, and a lot of them are not hound. Most of them are not hound people, right? Mm-hmm. And my buddy has this dog. And he's like, he just texted me out of the blue. And he's like, Hey, I just found she, I just saw her eat a dead rat. Should I be worried or what should I do? And I said, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it just ate a dead rat. Like, dude, your dogs eat disgusting stuff. So yeah, anyway. Like the worst I can think of would be like, you know, just make rat sure poison. you worm it at some point. But I mean, like, yeah. you know, or maybe some like holdover rat poison, but if it was alive and well, yeah, that's that's good protein, man. You know, know. dude, uh yeah, it's a hundred and fifty pound Great Pyrenees and it ate one dead rat. Even yeah. if it had been poisoned, it's a fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it, it just fine. made me laugh. Don't yeah. do anything. It's a dog. It, ate, it just my Calypso eats the poop straight out of the butts of my other dogs like every day. <laughs> <laughs> so she's disgusting, dude. Yes. Three of my other dogs, for whatever reason, she just loves their poop. And while they're pooping, she'll just eat it right As from it's the coming tap straight huh? out of the tap right oh, from the tap dude God. oh it's disgusting but you know what i don't let her lick me yeah. and i'm happy because she's just picking up dog poop for me there you got episode of tethering when you guys were talking about cleaning kennels i was like chad just needs a pack of calypsos out there <laughs> to just eat all the poop <laughs> <laughs> those 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 yeah, pills dude. work i've always wondered how the hell those uh you know those stool prevention eating whatever the the, the pills you feed the dog to prevent them from eating poop they I've always work. wondered they do. They actually do work. I've had issues with it, but I don't understand how, like, like Hey, we got this, or we got this turd. <clears throat> how do we make it taste bad? <laughs> you know, like what? <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I need to take, I need to make crap taste bad. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let's, let's, well, let's figure out how to do this, but for whatever reason it works, man, I had one that was in my, you know, my pack of yard dogs, you know, that kind of come in and out and, you know, do a lot of that and one of them it was a pup and it it got into it and the problem was is you know he was on his before and i gave him the pills and he stopped eating his then he started eating everybody else's so in order to get to stop it you know cuz this dog had a beard too you know it's it's oh you know it's not something i want to deal with um then i had to give all of them the stinking pills so every dog that was out there had to be on the pills just for the one and it it did work it's done we don't have that problem huh. anymore but interesting it, you have to, you have, you got to do it though. It's not like a Simuling one week to those pills, a, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's not like a one month thing. It's, you got to feed them to everybody, you know, and, and do it yeah. for a while until the dog just is knows it's gonna done be with dead, it. You know? Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it works. Nasty clip. So, cool. <laughs> well, yeah, man, I, uh, I, I had a bunch of little funny stories that I was thinking about while we were just kind of chatting, but if you're a, uh, if you're good, brother, I was super pumped. I'm a hey, guys, I'm excited to, to, to uh, share this with you and and like i said big thanks to you chad uh for making this all happen but when i when i thought when i didn't when we thought of the houndsman xp all mixed up episode this is kind of what i had in mind i wanted to showcase all the cool weird kind of out of the normal tree dog stuff that there is with hunting with dogs so you know this is freaking perfect right <laughs> so yeah. i'm really excited to to have this episode on and so uh uh, I just say let's roll right into it. Let's get it. I like how Zoom tells you you're being recorded. So polite, you know. Yeah, that way is. I can get bashful. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, how's it going, buddy? How are you doing? Good, good. How are y'all doing? Oh, I'm doing we're... great. We got we got Python Cowboy Trapper Mike in the house, man. I've been looking forward to this <laughs> one for a while. Heck yeah! Glad to be here. How many titles do you have, dude? Because like I was thinking, Game of Thrones style, you're like the Trapper, the Cowboy, the, the Lizard King. Like how many? I'm titles sure, there's a few have? that I don't know
2: about too. <laughs> we we'll ask your wife. We'll ask your wife. Yeah. Don't ask her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's definitely a lot of different job titles. Definitely, yeah. Well, everybody knows all mixed up. It's all about that cool
1: offbeat uh hunting experiences with dogs and Chad, the beast he is, he's always wrangling in cool people. so why don't you inter- introduce
2: yourself, buddy and and tell us a little bit about yourself and and what you hunt with dogs and how? Yeah, um my name's Mike Kimmel, uh, trapper Mike or Python cowboy. Um, I'm down here in Florida. I own and operate a, a uh, trapping and wildlife rescue company. Um, but you know, I'm mainly known for hunting invasive species and, uh, using, using a dog to do it, uh, hunt iguanas. I use a dog to help me track them down, catch them, bring them back to me. And a little, even more different than that is I, I've been lately using a dog to help me find these pythons out in the Everglades. So, um, you know,
0: definitely something a little bit different and yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I've been
2: having a good time with it.
1: Maybe just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I think um, why don't you give us a brief overview of the pythons in Florida, because I think everyone's kind of heard about it, but the story is a lot deeper and more serious than you might think. Break break down the pythons
2: for us. Give us a, a quick view of that yeah you know the the pythons has definitely been getting a lot of attention lately um and it's definitely not as easy hunting these things as the tv shows make it seem like you know (laughs) that's the first thing i want to say but um yeah you know the the pythons they're they've been maybe this past 10 years becoming a really big problem at least a problem people are noticing um our native wildlife in the everglades their populations have plummeted so much so that uh state biologists are saying 90 to 99 percent of our small fur bearing game in the everglades has been wiped out by
1: that's what i read i read a peer-reviewed paper like this was a quite a while ago too that was like all possums all coons in this area
2: are dead and you're just like yeah yeah and it, it i mean it's pretty true uh it really is i mean you know especially when i first started hunting these pythons um I would be out there for weeks at a time, sleeping in the swamp, I mean, hunting day and night. And that first year, I don't think i seen a single raccoon, a single possum, a single marsh rabbit. And that right there really tells you. Now, obviously, you get closer to city limits. You are, you'll see some stray cats. You'll see stuff like that. Um, but out there in the Everglades, I mean, it is wiped out. Um, I will say there's there's more to it than just the pythons, which you may not hear many other people say. You know, we have um, our water management issues. We have a growing panther population that we don't have the land to sustain. Um, That's another Hmm. kind of controversial issue. Hmm. Um, and, And and just general Florida right now. You know, we have so many people moving down here. Um, which that kind of goes back to our water issues. Our Everglades is dying. You know, they've been doing all these different restoration uh, projects and stuff like that, but not a bunch has been getting done. And I think a lot of that does have effect on our wildlife, but it really comes down to the last thing we need hitting this already Mm -hmm. struggling wildlife are these invasive species. Um, And they are, they're hitting them hard. I mean, I've caught these snakes and opened them up and there's, alligators inside of them there's uh a couple raccoons there's deer inside of them i mean it's it's
1: deer inside of them like Um, um, videos of that oh
2: oh, yeah um so uh, i think a year maybe two years ago uh there was a python they opened up that had three deer inside of it a whole deer and (laughs) a fawn and remains of of another deer so it goes (laughs) to show just you know um, how hard they're hitting, hitting our wildlife. And I, I would say their main food source has become our alligators now because they've wiped everything else out. My, myself alone, I've rescued three alligators from pythons and to come across a snake strangling about to eat something is a very rare event. In, yeah. In itself. So for me to come across that three times, you know, over the past few years, it, it shows a lot.
1: I really feel like if at any random point you opened up Chad's stomach, you could find a chucker, a deer, maybe a coon, a partially digested swamp rabbit, you know what I mean? A lion's puff. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, That's crazy, man. Um, You know, I'll be, you know, how I first heard of you, Python Cowboy? I watch a show, a YouTube channel uh, called Best Ever Food Review Show with this dude named Sunny Sides. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. And, yeah, dude. And... Uh, freaking love that guy man I love That's that show great. he'll eat anything and I saw you eating that python and okay uh, for real I want a little behind the scenes man because I could tell I've eaten some weird stuff in my day I mean I've eaten rats and all you know whatever coons all kinds <laughs> of stuff the look yeah. on your face was the kind of similar face that I made when I ate rats for the first time and I
2: was like okay break us down eating a python for real dude well it wasn't even eating the python it was eating the python liver like uh, I'm, yeah, I'm not, not a an adventurous guy. eater, dude. I don't. I, that's the first time I've eaten liver ever of anything. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. he yeah. brought me in yeah. on python a damn liver, python dude. liver, you know. And and I'm not an adventurous eater. Like I'm not down here. People think I'm down here eating iguana every night for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I sure you're not. What you're not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, you know, the python wasn't the crazy thing. It was the liver that was pretty gross for me. And it's more the thought of it. It. it and the texture of the liver was just nasty, you know. I'm yeah. with you,
1: man. Even short of a snake liver, just a liver, and ing- it's the it's yeah. the filter. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, we're gonna <laughs> there's bad stuff in your body, so we're gonna stick this thing here, and it's gonna collect all the nasty stuff in your body, and it'll hold it right there, and it'll filter it out of your system. And someone's like, you know what? I want to eat that. I want to I want to put that in my
2: stomach. You know. Dude, these pythons are known for having high mercury levels. As yes, it. So I was that's just all I'm say. thinking about. Is uh, like, you know. yep.
1: so do you this- glow in the dark, man? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> Those spots you're growing
2: are not camouflage, dude. That's yeah, melanoma, man. yo. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, I don't think I've eaten enough to have any effect. I try to. I feed it all to my hogs. You know what I mean. I um, really respect that guy because I I
1: think I'm an adventurous eater, and then I saw that dude, and I was like, I'm not. Yeah.
2: He is. No, <laughs> He's, i'm a wuss for sure yeah that's awesome yeah, but it is it's like the python's like chewing leather it's you know he had I've eaten rattlesnake fish. and it's not bad but I've, i figured the python was just on a mega scale but yeah it's just it's too tough and chewy um now maybe if someone you know knew how to cook it it might be better but i didn't know what i was doing would right. you just pan fry it right yeah, I just, I think I boiled it for a while and like, dude, I, I don't cook at all anyway. Boiled I it, all the cooking. So it's like, hey, that's man. funny, man. <laughs> yeah, the crock pot,
1: dude, crock pot. Listen, I'll tell you this right now. You take anything, you could take this binocular case right here. You can season it with garlic and onions and put it in a crock pot and it'll come out well, that, delicious.
2: That's what I need to do, then. Yeah.
1: <laughs> tips, tips. Anyway, well, that's cool, man. Yeah, I, I was pretty excited when I heard you were talking to Chad and I was like, I got to talk to this guy about eating a, the python with Sonny. That was cool. <laughs> so, yeah, it was not the best thing I've ever eaten. <laughs> I mean, you're down there with the gators, though, and gators, delicious. I know that's like, oh, yeah. so like people outside of, like, florida that's like weird and
2: like yeah. almost like an outlandish food but i mean that's
1: I grew well, yeah, up maybe
2: that. and that's just it you know i've had gator where someone don't know how to cook it and it's nasty and then mm-hmm. you know if we cook gator it, it, we know what we're doing it's damn good mm-hmm. um but and that could be the same thing with the iguana and the python even is uh which the iguana is better than the python but it maybe i just i don't know what the hell i'm doing which i'm sure i don't so
1: there's some people no. that think boar hogs don't taste good yeah, hundred like, percent. Wait, do you eat boar hogs, Chad? Yeah, like yeah, old, they're delicious. Nasty. As big as big, like, yeah, it don't matter. Three hundred and fifty pound, whatever, man. It, it's it's all delicious. People that I say mean, the big ones are nasty just do like like mike's saying they just don't I know. Mean, what even doing, if it's
2: though. rank, you can make sausage or hell anything out of it. You know, but. the
1: first time I ever walked up on a boar hog. Uh, let me let me give you a little anecdote here. I was hunting with thermal rifles. I shined out in the field and I saw this white mass out in the field. And the guy I was hunting with, he's been thermal hunting for a while. And I was like, dude, what is that? And he was like, I don't know. Maybe it's a pump jack or something. I was like, "Nah, there was nothing there earlier. It's got to be an animal. And he's like, well, let's go sneak up on it and find out. So we start walking across this wheat field and we're walking up, we're walking up. We're downwind, obviously. It's still just this mass just sitting out there in the field. And I was like,
2: what is that? So
1: we get closer. We're about 50 yards and we still can't tell what it is. And so my buddy is like, Yo, let's just like walk down to the right, stay downwind and see if we can get a different angle on it. So we like come off to the right just a little bit. And all he took was that little bit of walking for that perspective change. It was a big pig, like a wild hog, sitting like a dog with his front <laughs> feet, like between his legs, with his head like drooped between his legs, passed out, sleeping, and I was sure. like, what? It's a, it's a pig. And he's like, well, duh, shoot it. So I was like, okay, so I shoot this pig. I shot him right to the head. He dropped. And I was like, dude, smoked him. Awesome. We come up. So the pig is laying there. First of all, it smelled. This is the first time I've ever been near a big boar hog. That thing smelled like an armpit mixed with liquid oh, garbage. My. Like that thing <laughs> was the worst. I walked up and I was like, dude, what is that smell? And my, my buddy was like, that's what they smell like, man. And I was like. Oh. Yeah, the and, was, like, ones, yeah. and then he was like do you want to eat it and i was like no man that's disgusting." <laughs> like, and so and then it was laying there and i rolled it over to like get a cool picture This huge dude this thing looked like a bear laying there yeah, yeah and its entire stomach from from its penis up to its chin was just just like sticky gelatinous like residue of love you know what i'm saying oh, and i was shit. like he, there's a whole ha- sounder of sows that he came in there, bread passed out. And the last thing that went through his mind was my bullet. But luckily, <laughs> luckily for him, he died happy. I'd like to think he went out happy. That's, that's we, anyway, and that's, that's my, that's we, my, we first could all be hog. so lucky. <laughs> 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 that's right. Anyway, that was my whole boar hog story. I got nothing else to contribute. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just
2: kidding. laughs> it's funny, man. I just came up on a, uh, It I wasn't a boar hog. It was a pretty good sow recently. Dude, she was passed out like on this fence and dug herself a little waller. And I'm sitting there kicking the fence, and she wouldn't wake up. I would literally kick her in the head or wake her up. Like when these fuckers <laughs> are passed out, they are passed out. Yep, Damn, I can't yeah, it. that's also, crazy. I my client, we're sitting there, so I'm like, "You want to shoot it?" And he's like, "I don't really want to just execute it." You know, <laughs> I'm like, "Well, you might as well I kick it in the, the head, head, woke or- it up, and it can shot right between my legs and almost ran into him."
1: <laughs> yeah that's awesome dude that's awesome i didn't mean to derail it on pigs you
2: are a pig hunter aren't you oh yeah yeah that's that's actually my favorite thing to do is is catch hogs with the dogs
1: bold bold known as the python cowboy maybe you should be the boar
2: cowboy that's (laughs) it (laughs) so what's
1: your style man everybody's got a way to skin that cat
2: what what kind of dogs do you like to run on them um uh we call them like rough cur dogs they they kind of do it all they'll go out find it um most of my dogs if they're by themselves they may bark till another dog gets there and then they'll both both catch it I mean, that's right that'll catch it by themselves no matter how big it is but um, i grew I, up I, calling I like those, the dog that does it all
1: yeah i grew up calling those <laughs> run and catch dogs and we've had yeah running catch dog or rough her dog many talks about this so uh, out very 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 good selection mike i i applaud uh, it yeah. that's 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 the way i grew up doing it too man. <laughs> Now let me ask you something. Do you have a pack of yags in there too?
2: Oh come on! Oh. I got a buddy who does. I got a buddy who does, and they're they're always fighting each other and fighting everything. Oh. That's, that's why I've stayed away from them a little bit. Not right. to say I don't have dogs that that won't fight. So, um, so my Yag what?
1: People, you know, I love you. So, <laughs> so what? Black mouth crosses or Catahoula? Uh, just gray, yeah, man.
2: Just whatever. Most of mine are are black mouth curs. Um, I do. Uh, my, my father-in-law, Rick, Allie's dad, he, he's been hog hunting with dogs for 30 years, maybe more. He's gotten into plot hounds recently, and uh, so I have a couple of the better cur and plot hound mixes, but I like my cur dogs, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, good stuff. And go then experience that for the first time next month. Oh, so, well, yeah, the, yeah. The traditional, like, Seth's done all the, like, niche ways of hunting hogs. He's done all the cool, like, yeah. non-traditional ways, but he's never actually been to classic bay leashing catch dog yeah you know okay
2: yeah yeah, Yeah, it's like
1: thermals and like running like super sized greyhounds and all that stuff but and gags but no i have not seen the classic you know bulldog bay dog going and getting them so i'm pretty pumped for that so anyway that's cool yeah
2: yeah that's definitely a cool way to do it i got a bunch of buddies who you know i hunt with sometimes that that do that same thing and there's you know pluses and minuses to both of them you know positive Mm -hmm. and negatives to both styles but for for what we do we kind of like the run and catch dogs yeah cool what i like about it's awesome
1: yeah them is like you shut it down pretty quick you know if you got all the room and they aren't pressured too hard the traditional bay and catch is pretty you can watch it and pick your hog and all that stuff but
2: if you're just getting them before they go too far away uh, in my you know i got I'm either doing a removal for a ranch or community and they're going (laughs) to run off into the state park where I'm not really supposed to be. And, uh, or I'm doing a guided hunt and I'm, you know, trying to get it done pretty quick. So I'd rather kind of, like you said, shut them down quick and get them. Do you run vests? Yes you know, or down there in the heat. What's your, what's your it, preference on that, man? It is. It's tough to run the vest down here in the heat. You know, you're, you're almost putting your dog in more risk sometimes. <coughs> um, That's right. And to do with just the vegetation, the water, you know, it slows them down. They can drown. Um, I like to run these leather bibs and uh, you know, it's kind of like the best of both worlds. It doesn't weigh them down. It doesn't overheat them, but it does protect their neck. And then that, that front of their chest. Mm-hmm. And I mean, uh, I haven't lost a dog with them.
1: Let me ask you a quick question. Do do you honestly worry about alligators hunting in Florida with dogs? I've always wondered that.
2: Big time, big time. Uh, People always think it's my iguana dogs I'm worrying about because they're jumping in and out of the water. That's what I was going to say. I'm right there with them. I I barely think about uh, gators when I'm there. You know, the gators are going to stay away from us. And if they come, I'm going to see them pretty much. Um, And he's just always right there with me. Now, my hog dogs, dude, they could get in a swamp that I've never been to mile away from me miles away from me in just thick gator country and and i always worry about them getting where i run the iguana dogs it's so residential there's rarely gators Um, but Mm. out here where i'm hog hunting it's it can be gator city you know wow Um, i know many many people that have lost uh good dogs to gators uh, every year
1: you think people have lost dogs
2: to pythons no well i i say that not not hunting them um because nobody really hunts pythons with dogs besides me um but i caught a 13 foot north african rock python in a miami neighborhood Whoa. It's, it's a different species of python yeah. the ones in the everglades uh they're known for being extra aggressive yes uh, i'm one of like maybe five people do have ever caught one in florida Um, So this snake was like maybe 60 pounds right on the side of somebody's house in the middle of a Miami neighborhood. Um, Five years prior to that, the same species of snake, I suspect at least um, actually, no confirmed the same species of snake killed a family Siberian husky. Uh, There's picture of it and everything. What happened is the homeowner went outside to see this snake wrapped around his husky full full size adult husky. He went inside, grabbed a butcher knife, stabbed the snake, sliced the snake, didn't even phase the thing. He then called the police. The police came over, shot the snake in the head. By that time, the dog was dead. Um, so technically, you know, that is a case <laughs> that they didn't get yeah. eaten, but um, one did kill someone's dog and. As far as I know, that's maybe the only case of someone's actual, you know, dog. I'm sure plenty of feral cats and things like that. That's a good but thing, it's though. It's a matter of time. You know, <laughs> these ever these snakes are out in the Everglades where people aren't, but they are starting to make their ways into more residential areas.
1: Hmm. Can you imagine, the like, the cottonmouth eating a husky? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know if he'd be able to get it down, man. They're yeah. in a cottonmouth. <laughs> High fiber, high fiber diet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Golly. Did you see that, that picture? I, did you see that picture I posted as my banner, Chad, where the where strider after he caught that hair in his mouth is just like oh, full yeah. of hair. That's what I imagine that snake's feeling. Exactly.
2: <laughs> uh, well, I think they say that pythons can eat like 200% of their body weight or something crazy like that, which is pretty wild, you know? I really do feel like I could do
1: that at a Chinese buffet. <laughs> I'm just going to say that I can even unhinge my jaw to get that Szechuan chicken. Yeah, down. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, well then I, let's see. What do you think, man? I mean, like walk us through a, a Python hunt. Then
2: you got on that topic. I'm dying to hear it. Yeah. Like, same. like
1: break it down. Like what, what do you, you leave the house? What do you do?
2: How's it going? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's hell. It's a two hour drive for me, usually at least to get down there. Um, when I'm hunting for myself, which, you know, that that's what I'll kind of explain right now is when I'm going and hunting for myself, I usually try to get down there for at least three days, ideally more, um, because it is such a drive for me. So I'll get down there. Uh, I sleep in the bed in the back of my truck, uh, usually have my boat, bring my, uh, lead hog dog moose with me. And, um, Basically, once I get to the boat ramp, you know, I'm right on the edge of the Everglades. I'm going out and I'm hunting these tree islands out there. Uh, These islands were piled up when they dug the canals. I mean, 100 years ago or more, I guess. And um, they're all covered in vegetation and alligators and all kind of stuff. And I get out there with my dog, Moose, generally at night, depending on the time of year and get off on these islands and kind of just let him lead the way. And hope he find, brings me to a snake. Does he uh, range?
1: You, how far out does he go?
2: No, no. So because of the gators down there, I, I like to have an eye on him. I'll keep. That's what them I figured. Usually, yeah. yeah, usually within like ten to thirty feet in front of me. Yeah. Um, sometimes even on a leash. But um, he just kind of—it's—it's it's totally different than how he hog hunts. When I turn him loose to hog hunt, dude, he's don't stop. Like he's running full bore. And when he finds that thing, he's grabbing it, catching it, going nuts on it, basically. Mm-hmm. When I have him out there snake hunting, it's like a, flip, uh, a switch is flipped. He's walking slow. He's cautious. He's careful. Um, and then when he finds a snake, he he points it, basically, which is pretty wild for, you know, just a, a hog dog, her dog. You know, I don't That's know right. where the hell he gets that from, but it is. he. It's the ugliest point you ever seen, really. But, you know, it's... <laughs> He Dude, he stops. He points right at it. And uh, the first time I actually got him out there, uh, I hunted the islands for a few days without even trying them. And I wasn't finding ch- And I was like, well, I got moose with me. I'll turn them loose and see if I get lucky. At the time, I was mainly hunting for the state. And I'm not allowed to use a dog when I hunt for the state. Um, so I clock out mm. and uh, I say, screw the hourly wage, which is minimum wage. Screw the hourly wage. Let me just use my dog and see what happens. That first day he found two snakes and it was, I couldn't believe that when he, you know, I let him lead the way. I could tell he's on something Mm -hmm. and um, then he he freezes or actually, no, I think that first day he got real excited, kind of ran around in there a little bit. And then when he got right on top of it, he just absolutely freezed. I I got it on video. It's on my YouTube. And um, I was, you know, for me, I was, crap in my pants because this is kind of what I've been I've been waiting for is using a dog to do this. Um, I was using two Brittany Spaniels training them. Someone actually donated them to me to try to train as snake dogs. So I was training them and just I was getting nowhere with them. Um, You know, I knew I wanted a dog that was going to stop and point, not so much try to catch it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they were just to be honest with you, they're just dumb, dumb as a box. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, they would, I, you know, I would get a snake and I'd have it in a bag after I caught it and they would just be stepping on it. Like it wasn't even there. So I got real discouraged with it. And when I finally had moose out there and we, you know, we found that first snake, it was like it, dude, it fired me up. You know, it's, we got to really kind of pursue this and, and move along with it.
1: Isn't it amazing how dogs can switch like that? Like the, the, the ability for them to know your body language it's yep. it, and the words that they've associated with pig hunting or snake hunting, how incredible they can just switch and change. I mean, Chad, you got really versatile dogs. You know what I'm talking about. But I mean, I just
2: man, I think the badass. big thing with him was <laughs> so when when I was hunting, you know, on the side of the levee for all the years before this, he was always in my truck with me. I take moose everywhere with me. So he's seen me. I can't tell you how many times on the side of Levy catching these things, getting pissed on by them because they do every time you catch them, they musk all over you. Me too. Um, <laughs> and, and getting them, getting them back to my house to euthanize them, and you know. So he knows what they smell like. He knows I hunt them, and uh, I, I don't know if that helped him kind of piece it together or what. But uh, and two, we've we've gator trained them, we've snake trained them to to know that these things are bad news. Um, so maybe that's why he's a little more cautious out there too. I don't know, but it, it definitely has been cool to watch him kind of go back and forth between the two. That's really neat. Cool. So how far out generally
1: when he locks up for you, you know, like, um, well, 20,
2: 20 I've feet? had it where he does it right on top of him, And I've had him where he does it maybe, you know, 20, 30 feet away from him. Um, you know, for him too, he's, it's still new. I've maybe caught yeah. like 20, 15, 20 snakes with him um, since I've started using them has been like the least I've Python hunted because I'm so busy with iguana hunts and taking people out and guided hunts now. Mm-hmm. So, um, I haven't been quite hunting them like I used to, but, um, in that amount of time, you know, he's figured out that I want him to not bite these snakes, not try to catch them, to kind of sit back and just let hmm. me do my thing, which I think in these, this past snakes where I've been having him stay out of it and, and not do nothing, he's, he's kind of it ain't as fun for him anymore you know i can mm. tell like he's not excited when i take him out there like he used to be to get out on those islands i, I don't know what it is uh that's why lately i've been uh, taking auto out and trying to get him a little more into it i think moose is a more catch and shake kind of guy or something. <laughs> mm. T- tell me
1: about the legality of hunting with dogs for snakes like okay I assume, obviously, for recreational it is, but you would think the state would be more accepting of that because dogs are bred to find hidden game. And it's like, I can't think of something that hides better than a snake.
2: 100%. A and and that's why I've been pushing for it so much. Um, And I pushed for it so much with the state, but uh, I think for them, there's just so much red tape. None of the other Python hunters, A, have hunting dogs in the first place. And B are really the kind of people to handle dogs. Um, a lot of them are like bankers or, you know, they're, they're not generally what you would think hunters are. You know, they, they have different day jobs and a lot of them, they're, they're more reptile people than they are hunters. Yeah. Um, but what they would need to do for that is like hire a dog handling team or contract a dog handling team. They need to get funding for it, which, FWC supposedly has some Python detection dogs they claim, um, but I've never seen anything from it. I've never heard anything from it. I've never seen a successful capture. I think it was more of a publicity stunt than anything, Mm. which we we see a a lot from them. Um, So you know, I think it's the kind of thing where they don't see the benefit in it yet. I think once we show that, they'll maybe try to get some funding to do a dog handling team a detection team, um, which I would like to try to position myself to to be mm-hmm. that team. But, mm-hmm. but until then it's you know, I feel like I gotta prove it a little bit.
1: What's a good night of snake hunting or day? Do you do it during so, the day or at night?
2: It, well it depends on time of year. Generally I like to go out at night. Um the really best time of year is like summer to, to early fall. Uh, I like to go out from sunset to sunrise, hunt all night. And I'm looking for them when they're out hunting. I'm not finding them curled up. I'm finding them stretched out. Um, You know, whether I'm hunting the islands with the dog or if I'm cruising in my truck hunting the levees, um, you know, we have a number of levees that will stretch 20 miles or more out in the Everglades and these snakes come up on these levees to hunt and all kinds of stuff, travel. And that's that's really what you're trying to do is you're trying to get these snakes out in the open. Um, Obviously with the dog, it helps me find them in the thicker stuff um, but, but even then, you know, uh, he might alert me to an area and I got to dig through all this vegetation to eventually find the snake. Um, uh, a 13 foot Python could hide in six inches of grass in front of you. Like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> so that's why the dog really is just so, so essential. I, I before I use the dog, I can imagine how many snakes I, I literally walked right over. Yeah. And now with the dog, you know, I'm out there on these islands, breaking down trails and he stop and let me know, Hey, there's something here you just walked by, which he's done. He's done many times for me. Um, but you know, it is to kind of walk you back, back through a hunt on these islands. It's just Island after Island, after Island, not every Island's going to have a snake, not every night. We're going to find a snake. Um, I can't tell you how many weeks I've spent down there and not find a single one.
1: It is hunting. <laughs> it, it's really
2: even more so with these snakes, man. It's it's so hit or miss. It's I always tell people when they're booking a hunt with me, um, it's the only hunt I do where I can't guarantee it. If you come on a gator hunt, an iguana hunt, a hog hunt, I can guarantee what you're gonna get pretty much down to, especially with the gators, down to the six inches. Of <laughs> you tell me, you tell me you want a 12 foot gator, we'll get you a 12 foot gator, um, and you're not gonna pay for a 12 foot gator until I get it for you. But on these damn python hunts, it is just hit or miss. It really is. I've had nights where I've gotten a dozen. And like I said, I've had weeks where I haven't gotten a single one.
1: I'm going to ask the question that everyone's thinking, dude, have you been bitten by these
2: things? And if so, how bad is it when you get bit by a huge one? He's got videos of it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I've been, I've been bitten. Yeah, I got a video on my YouTube of me getting bit by a 17 foot, 7 inch, 135 pound python. (laughs) Oh my (laughs) God. as far as i know i don't know anyone that's been bitten by a bigger one break down Um, a python's teeth compared to a viper because like obviously the constrictors have an entirely different dentition than anything in like viper well when you got when it's that size i mean every single one of its teeth is about the fang of a viper um they're all these long recurved fangs how many do they have Like two rows, top and bottom? No, yeah, probably more, more than fifty. Probably probably more than fifty. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I don't so know how sucks. many, but if I had to guess, I'd say like 60 or 70, maybe something like that. Yeah, after so 30, um, getting bit by you know, after yeah.
1: 30 of them, it's kind of like it's a wash at that point.
2: But you know, to be honest with you, people always think it's like I'm <clears> mess <throat> you up. I've never got had to. I didn't go have to go to the hospital, which mm-hmm. I'm always kind of reluctant to go to the hospital in the first place, but mm-hmm. Um, I didn't go to the hospital, you know, um, about as bad as it got was my, my entire arm, a good portion of my arm was black and blue for like a week, maybe two weeks just from, I think the, the, all the punctures and just kind of, which I took into the muscle, it was on my arm. But other than that, you know, it's, um, once it clotted up and I stopped bleeding, it's just a bunch of punctures is really all it is a bunch of, you know, decent size needles, but. Um, the main thing when that snake bit me is I was just super lucky. It it was a defensive strike, and it didn't try to latch on and wrap me. That now, that's was what in- I was
1: gonna say. Like, what?
2: The <laughs> I was gonna ask, if you, you been do?
1: constricted, dude? Yeah. Dude,
2: I'm about 135 pounds. You know, this snake was 135 pounds. I'm out there in the middle of the Everglades, totally by myself. Um, it was, you know, the heat of the day. And if this thing did latch onto my arm and wrap me, uh, I could have been in serious trouble, like, where it could have killed me.
1: That's what I was going to ask you. You're the expert. I mean, in my layman's mind, that rascal could kill you. I mean, not like, kind of, If I was a bad day, if I was sick. No, like, if you (laughs) were on the peak of your game... And wrapped you up, you could die
2: from that. You could die. Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. and your your average Python, like, dude, there's old ladies out here catching these things. So I don't want to leave them <laughs> up. like I'm some badass. It, yeah. It's not, it's So not you're saying Chad up. has a chance, is what you're Chad, saying. <laughs> Chad has a very good chance. Very good chance. Yeah. So, you know, good, it, good, it's good. it's all about how you handle them and everything like that. And like I said, if I got lucky that it, it didn't latch on to me, but but your average snake, it, it's you would have to kind of be an idiot to let it get the better of you. Okay. Um, that's not your average snake. Your average snake is six to like maybe 12 foot. Um, anything, you know, above like 14, 15 foot, you you, you need to be careful of because that, that thing gets you in a bad situation. I've um, been holding up a, a big 15 footer for pictures or something after I caught it for some dude's YouTube channel. And, um, you know, granted I'm holding it up, kind of letting it get around me for pictures. But before I know it, I mean, this thing's got my arms pinned. And if that dude wasn't there to unravel that snake around me, like I would have had a serious trouble getting this snake off me. Damn. It is. They they can, they're solid muscle. If they get you where they want you, you're, you're kind of screwed. What's the and biggest one you've ever caught? Was that one that bit me 17 okay. foot seven <laughs> inches. That's huge. I've caught, I've caught a number of them close to that, but, but that was, it was the record for a <laughs> while. And uh, yeah. I want to say it's still still the largest captured by, by a single person, at least the heaviest by a single person. Damn. I've even
1: thought that, like, maybe it's not – I mean, because, I mean, obviously it could wrap you up, and then if it happens to wrap around your neck or something, you know, like if it gets around your chest, that could kill you too. But, I mean, if it – Loops around your neck one, two times, you even trouble. If it body. gets around
2: your neck pretty good. It can be seconds. I've seen it on video. But. Yeah. I mean, because it's a blood choke at that point. It's going to push the blood up, you're going to pass out
1: and it's over. <laughs> but something I was even thinking, what if it like grabbed one of your arms and just pulled that arm in and had your legs and then just rolled off the bank? You know, like the water. You can yeah. just drown. I mean, yeah, all it yeah. is is a weight on your body. And even, if, yeah. you know, it's not even, it's not even a killing blow, so to speak, that it could just drown you on accident. Right. I mean,
2: there's a lot that can go wrong
1: i thought i was a man hunting jackrabbits damn (laughs) (laughs) but their teeth though they're they're quick with them just you
2: know (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: oh man well you're a you're a king of reptiles and it sounds like obviously you're well known for your invasive species hunting break break down what else you're doing with dogs
2: yeah. So, um, you know, the iguanas has become really the the big thing right now. I think the pythons blew me up and the, the iguanas has been what's gotten big recently. Um, you know, our top two invasives in Florida, at least for reptiles, is definitely our pythons and iguanas. The pythons more so affects our wildlife and the iguanas affects like our infrastructure and properties um, How
1: are they affecting infrastructure?
2: I, so they, they dig burrows and they eat vegetation. Uh, uh, mainly what people see is the vegetation they eat. You know, these people down here, they spend so much money on their landscaping and these iguanas will wipe it out and then they'll everywhere. Uh, <laughs> the main thing I'm concerned about is the burrows they dig and the effects they have on the native wildlife. Yeah. Uh, so they dig these burrows that undermine our sidewalks, <laughs> sea walls, housing foundations, levee embankments. And uh, to give you an idea, the town of Davie, which is not even a city, it's a little town in South Florida, they spent 1.7 million last year repairing their levee embankments from these iguana burrows. Um, hey. And on top of that, they also they <laughs> they've been displacing our burrowing owls, our go- gopher tortoise, and both of those species are protected and threatened here in Florida. Can, so, can you, um, am-
1: can you imagine getting your house? undermined by iguanas dude like you're just like you come home one day your trailer's broken half and you're like what happened like damn iguanas (laughs) it's not even trailers it's multi-million dollar house yeah yeah you build a mansion and it gets destroyed by stupid iguanas (laughs) it happened to my my parents are living in south florida and they had their their little seawall has been eroding away and eroding away, and he did all kinds of different things to try and hold on to it, and come to find out, that's one of the things that was wearing it out. I mean, like he's lost like I think it's like eight feet of the backyard I grew up in is gone. It's in the pond now, you know, and it's because of these dude. things. And he <laughs> well, wears he them out,
2: and it collapses, and then washes yeah. out. It's yep,
1: and and they're uh, like everyone's throwing like like if they tear up like an asphalt road now, everyone's like like on like piranhas like to steal up all the asphalt to just throw it out there and try and hold on to something you know and it that obviously isn't the best way to fix it but like that's what they're saying is like the pond like has been eating in the 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 the, the pond bank and this is a big irrigation slash you know it's not just a little pond it it goes it travels through the whole area but uh um now it's so full of, of like you know, just asphalt hunks with people trying to make their own little seawalls, and they're, you know,
2: causing more problems with that, even. So, and a lot of these canals, they're they manage our water in Florida, like they're very important, you know. Oh, I yeah, mean? yeah, it's crucial. Um, but yeah, to go back to these iguanas, I've walked, you know, I've been hired by these people, a million multi million dollar house, I've gone in their backyard to shoot these iguanas, and I have it on video, might be on my YouTube still. Their hot tub is going. And dude, it's chocolate pudding. It looks like oh. chocolate pudding from all the iguana poop in there. It made the news. Oh it made the news. <laughs> it, it's, it's disgusting, dude. It's and relaxing. it's all, you? Their, their poop has salmonella and all kind of you know illnesses and stuff. So um I don't you know, know about you. Problem. But when I get done with a
1: hard day of work, I like to curl up <laughs> in a, a good tub. book <laughs> and a bubbling pot of iguana crap. <laughs> just oh, takes yeah. the edge off you know what's like, wrong with you florida people it's exfoliating <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: dude Salmonella's well, for real man cowboy and, and these these homeowners had no idea they live in new york you know this is like their <laughs> home so they have just had their hot tub just marinating Oh, <laughs> that's so funny
1: who leaves oh, the lid off for an extended period of time who does that it's, it's foul yeah. Oh, that's hilarious, dude. Keep going with the iguana, honey. This is great, dude. Yeah. yeah so, so
2: much. <laughs> so uh, the dogs are a crucial part of the iguanas. I mean, these iguanas are, are as tough as it gets. Like you could shoot them literally 10 times in the body and they will still run away and get away from you. Um, you have to hit them perfect in that brain. And that's a lot easier said than done, especially a lot of times I'm on a boat, you know, moving boat, shooting offhand. It can be tough. And these clients coming out can't shoot worth a damn anyway. So, um, you know, I got to have something that a will go in and retrieve them and bring them back. So I'm not constantly getting up on the bank and getting them, but also two will hunt, run down, hunt down and catch these iguanas if they're wounded or alive. And, uh, we got, you know, my, uh, German wire hair pointer and, and, a couple of drops we use as well.
1: I'm sorry, the phone, the microphone must have uh, hiccuped. <laughs> I, I seen you rubbing say, your rubbing your hands over there. What was like <laughs> what was the breed again? That that amazing. And, and dude, problem.
2: I will tell you, so Allie I you thought know, they were the same Otto, thing. Otto's pretty much no. a bootleg draught. Um, his his parents were draughts. And I guess, you know, I'm not in all of this. My wife Allie is more, but I guess his breeding wasn't approved. So, you know, he's a of wire hair pointer. Mm -hmm. um but we do have two legit two legit draughts catfish and rogue Mm -hmm. and dude i'm a believer with these dogs now they are they are legit they are badass super versatile and they're 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 rough they're gritty they'll they'll get in there and do like what my cur dogs do you know what i mean but they're way better for this kind of stuff and um it is uh this is before using them on the iguanas and before getting auto i've never worked with a wire hair and uh dude i want to start using them for hog dogs they are badass you know yeah, yeah that, that's I,
1: coming up I, i'm gonna pick a brand chad's on that here in a minute. you guys the listeners can't see this but chad's having like a conniption attack over here. i'm geeking <laughs> out over here man <laughs> you know, like somebody i respect and admire has seen the light he he understands these things are amazing i love them they're, they're, i love they're, them
2: they are badass they
1: and, are and every time i see your videos i'm like yes that's it, that's it man you know you got you got the whole puzzle because they're you know they're they're bulldogging out there stomping on them i will beat you to death with my face you know (laughs) like getting bit bringing them back you know and then if they do get away they're they're i mean they they could actually hunt for them in the water they'll track them down with their nose in the water you know
2: oh yeah oh well dude, he goes under the water gets him he snatches them out of trees i mean dude when he jumps off that boat into like the thickest vegetation you can imagine all the clients are always like what like they mm-hmm. can never think a dog could do this. Yep. He does, dude. I'll send him in there. I can't tell you how many times where I'm like, we're not getting that iguana, but who cares? I'll I'll send him in, see what happens. And fucking here he comes with it. You know what I mean?
1: And I, I don't know if I've seen it, but I'm sure
2: it's happened. So I cause I've
1: seen it happen with me, so I'm sure it's happened with you. Um, well you'll plug one, they will go underwater and the dog will hunt around for a while and it takes it takes a second. It's not they can't do it like immediately. Oh no, they need to learn it. Takes a second. But it'll 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 permeate up through the water and he'll like
2: wind it from the water and then splash his face underwater and pull it up. Like he you know, tracks under the water. So you know? I didn't, I didn't know if that's what he was doing, but now that you say that I can't tell you how many times were the iguanas under the water mm-hmm. and he's going, and I just assume he saw where it went down, but you know, the dogs, they, they don't see the green and orange and red very mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially under the water, they have a hell of a time seeing these things. They they blend in so well. But hold, go right past it, stop. Like he smelt it and go right on the water smelling. And then he goes down and picks it right up from underneath the water. That's, so that's it. it. Yeah. 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 Cause it happens
1: with the, the a lot of the uh, ducks and stuff, or coots even that we fool with here. You'll shoot them and they'll go underwater like 30 feet away yeah. down the bank and they'll tuck themselves underneath the brush and die. You know, yeah. and the dog will just go up and down the bank for a while and you'll see him pick his nose up and go out three or four feet. Cause sometimes there's like these like islands, like they're suspended. It's like this overgrown bank. That's like, yeah, it's a floating island. Yeah. Yeah. And then he'll like go up to it and then dive under the water and then come out with it. I'm like, there's, there's no way, you know, know like crazy. there's no way yeah. it had to be the nose. So that's cool. That's cool. Anyway, that I didn't really want right. to geek out too much. So <laughs> break it down. But how, do, how do you use, you know, this breed perfected you know and in, in your uh and you know and your in your work there
2: well it is i think it's because how versatile they are um it's dude i'll take them for raccoons i'll take them for you know we get on ducks out there and pigeons and all kind of stuff and uh he works great as a retriever he works good as a pointer um he'll go in there and catch it track it i mean you know everything and, you know, I got like my cur dogs will, you know, do a lot of different stuff, but they're not pointing, they're not retrieving, they're not, mm-hmm. you know, they're not that fine, refined hunting machine like these dogs are. Mm. I, I and, found a note on that note, I'm curious, have you, have you run into heat tolerance though? Um, with as them, far yeah. as the, the dogs having trouble in the heat? Mm-hmm. So that was my big worry with my draw catfish, um, Uh, he's one of my few dogs that we've bought. We haven't trained since a puppy and he came from Maryland where he was a gun dog. And that's what I was really worried about was him overheating and just being hot as hell, but he's adjusted to it really, really well down here. You know, we're out in the, out in the boat, he's jumping in and out of the water obviously, but there's definitely periods of time where he's sitting in that boat, just baking in hundred degree, you know, Florida sun and and he does good um i haven't done a whole bunch of work with him out like on birds out in the field where he's going to be staying drier yeah um, but Otto does really good with all that and you know he's black and hmm. uh, i would think he'd get really hot but no he, he he does well
1: well i mean it's hot there on the back of the boat i've seen your setups you know like oh, i mean there's si- they're sitting on metal you know like yeah, there's just, no
2: bimini mean, no top no t-top nothing
1: yeah you know so he's in direct sunlight all day and then rockets off the side and catches it those things are so cool i like listeners if you have not seen this it's (laughs) it's pretty cool man check out his page where he'll launch off the, the the either the bank or the boat and then chase down these these iguanas and grab them and then bring them back jump up into the boat with a mouthful of lizard you know and retrieve it to hand it's it's and that's cool. the
2: thing like you know especially with these draughts we don't even have to shoot them i mean it definitely helps obviously to shoot them but i can't tell you how many times i've sent them up there on an iguana that they ain't been shot and they'll catch it which is very hard i was gonna ask get. if he could just run them down and grab oh them. yeah the main thing with that is uh, most of these iguanas they're by the water so they can get <laughs> to that water quicker than the dog can get to it but if you catch them like the dogs will smoke them in the open every time hmm. um yeah. they, they will and these <laughs> iguanas are very very fast but you know they're Dogs I was gonna good.
1: say let's uh, let's cross a draught to a whip it and let's
2: have ourselves an iguana course <laughs> and go. There you go. I want to get a small little like a teckel or something maybe to send in the iguana holes to get down in oh, there. Oh my them out. god! Uh,
1: Python cowboy now is gonna be a uh, an iguana terrier man too. <laughs> yeah, or, or even I know they have those and I I mangle it. I want to say kechin or kichen. And dang it! It's the Germans like like extra small version of like their little uh long haired dotsons, you know, like because the Teckels are great dogs. I'm not taking anything away from them. But they they're more substantial. You know, they got a chest like a Yag Terrier sometimes, you know? Uh, but like those little miniature long haired uh Dotsons have a chest like a Pringles can. You know, like it, it's as oh, wide man. as your forearm. Yeah, they're they're that's what I mean. But I don't <laughs> they're are they I tough? might ruffle some feathers here. I they, they they might have their work cut out for them with a big old lizard down in the hole though. You well, know? Like, if anything, uh, I'll send them down
2: in there to gobble up them eggs or something. You know? There you go. There nutritious. you go. <laughs> hey, do they do they? How do they do they bite? Like, what's a what's an iguana bite it? like? Yeah, you know? yeah. Um. So generally, like, if you end up grabbing one, most of the time they're going to try to claw you or like tail whip you. Um. But sometimes they will try to turn around and bite you. But I don't know why they don't. It's not like a real common defense for them to try to bite. The bigger ones a little bit. Um, when they do bite, though, they latch on. They don't let go. Like, you have to get, like, a knife and pry their mouth open.
1: So um, when are we going to see Chad training an iguana to be a catch dog for a pig? You know
2: <laughs> <laughs> go get him, skate I'll do it. I'll do it. It'll be a party. Yeah, they they ain't too smart, unfortunately. (laughs) i never never know it, Chad. You never know Chad.
1: I'm super (laughs) glad that this is on film because after you said tail whip, I instantly mimicked doing a tail whip, and uh, nobody (laughs) needs to see that. (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's not a thing they don't ever like. They could. I'm just curious.
2: Otto's been bit a a number of times. Like I mean, they always get him by the ear, and then his ear just bleeds all day. Which you know, I know. Okay, that. I've just always been curious. Now, I'm not, I don't want to like. I don't want to hyperfixate on the blood and gore. I'm just like, yeah. is there, like, is there? No, they're not. Risk, you know, you know. If you do corner them, they're more so. They're going to try to tail whip and they open their mouth, but they're not like that's not their real defense. Is trying to bite. They will, they will, but it's not their go-to. I don't know why. <clears throat> do you enjoy hunting the iguanas more than the pythons? Um. Yeah, I got kind of burnt out on hunting the pythons. To be honest with you. Dude, Mm -hmm. I did it like nonstop for three, maybe even four years. And um, I feel like I accomplished everything I wanted to do with it, you know, kinda. And I still do it, but it's just it's a lot more goes into it. Like it, it I gotta get down there for days at a time. Or if I'm taking out a client, it's like an all night ordeal and it's It's not fun. Like you're stomping down trails or you're just riding in a truck. I'm not a night hunter. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The iguanas is a blast. You're out there shooting a ton of a ton of iguanas. You're watching the dog work and uh, it's action packed. I always tell people, you know, if they want to come down here and do something with me, do an iguana hunt 1000%. It's, it's, it does fun. look
1: fun. I've seen your videos, dude. It, it looks like really fun. I mean, that's what I love about small game hunting like that is you get all these opportunities. You know, when you, you exactly. shoot a deer, you shoot an elk, it's done. You, you, it's done, you know. And then with an iguana, it's like, oh, actually, there's 10 more right over there.
2: So, dude, our best <laughs> yeah. day of iguanas with clients is 91. That's a 91. lot. Of, that's a lot of killing. That's awesome. That's, you're shooting the dogs going <laughs> in and getting everyone. Like it's a whole, you know, it's a whole. Wow. Thing. <laughs> it's 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 cool i don't want people to come out expecting i'm going to get them 91 iguanas but well uh, yeah you said our it's your best day ever day is, <laughs> our <laughs> average day is 15 to 30 but uh not yeah. bad average <laughs> i got i got trump jr 60 of them oh yeah 60? Yep. Wow. wow so let me ask you uh do you think
1: that any of this kind of mechanical removal is going to do a dent to the iguana population or do you think what do you think about iguana control as a whole what needs to be done? Is it a multifaceted attack?
2: Um yeah. So in the areas I'm I'm doing these guided hunts and doing these removals for communities. I mean it's a day and night difference. Um day and night difference. When I first started I might be able to go out and get like 20 to 30, you know, massive orange ones. And now we're lucky to get like one orange one on a hunt. In these communities there's no more big orange ones. And those are the big breeders.
1: What, why 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 is there no more people hunting them
2: i've shot I've shot them I've killed you've them. shot them okay yeah.
1: yeah yeah I didn't know if you meant that either, was like either either or... me
2: either me or clients yes gotcha. okay um in, in these areas we work which now since my YouTube and Instagram I, I do see a couple other people on some of these public canals um you know sometimes on the weekends and stuff but again we're the ones either me or one of my crew out there basically seven days a week for the most part and yes, we're seeing huge results in these areas. Um, you know, uh, it definitely we I'm actually constantly today I was scouting to find new areas because I've wiped out the iguanas in my areas for for the most part. Um and and that's a great thing obviously, but in the rest of Florida in the areas I'm not hunting, I'm not focusing and other people really aren't, they're just flourishing, they're exploding out of control and they're constantly spilling out into my areas I'm hunting. So we're never going to get rid of them. It's always going to be something we have to manage, but management is definitely possible and is is crucial. We we got to stay on top of them, otherwise we're just we're going to be totally screwed. I mean, we kind of already are, but we can't let it keep going getting worse. Mm-hmm. You know? Right?
1: <clears throat> yeah, reptiles, their fecundity is insane. I mean, you can have two iguanas turn into ten thousand really fast, and it's crazy. I mean,
2: Yeah, this time of year, every single female I get is full of eggs, anywhere from 20 up to 70 eggs. It's it's wild. And, you know, I I'm pretty confident that half of those will survive just from what I've seen. And uh, in Florida, with our recent law changes, it's just getting worse. Just this past year, they now made it illegal to possess iguanas alive, which you might think that's a good thing. Um, But the problem is no longer pet iguanas. It's wild breeding feral, iguana. feral iguanas, exactly. I guess. Yeah. Um, someone releasing iguana literally makes no difference now. So all they <laughs> yeah. did by now making uh, live iguanas illegal in Florida is they took away all that free management we had from people coming from all over the country, all over Florida, here to South Florida to catch mainly baby iguanas, but adult iguanas as well take them out of state and sell them in pet stores where even Whoa. if they got loose, they're not going to survive. Cause it's too yeah. cold. Yeah. So now I've been seeing more babies this year than I ever have. And that's, it's because of the recent.
1: Whoa. And we that's warned an awesome people, thing. Yeah.
2: Myself and, and all these reptile enth- enthusiasts warned the state that this was going to happen, but to them, it's more of a publicity stunt. It's people are crying about the iguanas, complaining about the iguanas, So now we're going to do this thing that looks like we're helping, but we're really just shooting ourselves in the foot.
1: Feelings on wildlife management? No way. Can you believe that?
2: So Uh, not doing anything to fix it, just just make
1: laws stricter on all the that's crazy though. That Mm -hmm. that's the beauty of the nuance of unintended consequences. I would have never thought about that. But yeah, the pet trade. I can't imagine how many people are catching them to just go sell them. Who cares if it gets loose in New Mexico? Hundreds dead. Yeah, yeah. I
2: mean, you know, one person would go down there in a day and catch a hundred. Like it's wow. You know, it's so yeah. What are some future Myself goals? Myself and my buddies used to go out the, at night. We would go knock them out of trees. I mean, some nights we would end with a hundred, two hundred, and then we go sell them to the pet shops for five dollars a pop. And now we can't do that. Wow. Dang. That's crazy. A whole market <laughs> collapsed.
1: I was going to ask you. So, so what are some future goals for the Python Cowboy?
2: Um, I would say like my biggest one is to really kind of get the state behind. Um, using dogs for pythons. And if I'm being honest, getting behind funding me and, and me doing a program, uh, for training dogs and training dog handlers and using them out in the fields. Um, aside from that is getting, uh, which this is, this is big dreams here, but, uh, getting a a big enough ranch where I can run, run my own outfit on it. Um, doing hog hunts out there doing gator hunts. Lake Okeechobee, Kissimmee, and lodge people out there and stuff like that. Which I'm going to kind of do something on my current five acres I have get get a little bit of lodging for one or two guests. But I eventually do want like um, to work with a landowner or even get my own place where it's thousand two thousand acres and uh, run a run an outfit out there.
1: It's awesome. That's awesome. Let me. I I kind of touched at it, but yeah. Uh, do you ever see? the iguana and python problem being put under control or like, is that no. do you think well, that's under
2: control is one thing Uh ever getting rid of them? No, maybe under control a little bit. The pythons probably not just because it's 1.5 million acres of impen- impenetrable swamp, which is yeah. the Everglades. It just makes it hard to manage anything really. Um, Especially a cryptic <laughs> predator like the python.
1: The most but, cryptic.
2: <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Um, But the iguanas, yeah, I I think we can definitely manage them, get them under control. Maybe Uh, we just need to get more state funding behind like um, uh, a contract for each county, really.
1: What, what's the iguana hunting culture like there like i can imagine if you put a bounty on them is that is that something possible here like yeah there, they don't want
2: to do that though because um <clears throat> so fwc a couple years ago came out with this statement basically telling people to go out and kill iguanas um they quickly had like a pool guy get shot and some what? other stuff. so then what, they, what? <laughs> less than a week uh, less than a week after that they came out with another statement and said hey if you're going to shoot iguanas, hire a professional to remove them on your property. Um, so it was like you know, a big flip-flop. And it and it was because they they just came out and basically told people to shoot iguanas on their property, not not yeah, just of go course,
1: property. of course,
2: yeah. yeah. Iguanas on their property. Um, but it was, they didn't go into detail of how to kill them or anything like that. So you had people just out here like you know, animal cruelty on iguanas like crazy. They had some guy. Uh, which they charged him with animal cruelty dragged it out from under a car and I think he like beat it with his boot till it was dead or something and so you know it's you can't just we're floridians dude you can't just turn us loose like that we're going <laughs> to you know we're going to local meth head up.
1: eats an iguana today yeah like,
2: yeah <laughs> sure so um what they need to do is just get funding where they, they they contract professionals where they get you know they hire a company like me to to do it for this county and um kind of control it that way which is you know i don't know where they're going to get the funding or what they're already struggling with shit as it is mm-hmm. but it, it is getting to the point where it is that it is that bad you know i see it all the time on the canals i hunt the, the embankments are collapsed uh, under bridges the concrete <laughs> is collapsing and it, it, it's a big problem
1: yeah i always feel like <clears throat> you know it's a a great way to control invasives is to foster a a hunting culture around that animal you know like pigs have that culture but just not enough people you know and i feel like yeah that's where that iguana a combination of because like you know hunters can only do so much really it is professionals with better gear better setups and literally time way more time is what really makes the big dance but
0: yeah i was just curious it
1: was popular
2: that's yeah. what I've been trying to advertise for, too, is to get people out there, you know, show people that they, they actually taste good and their skin can actually make pretty le- leather products, which, you know, maybe I shouldn't. Now, you know, I'm making a living off of taking people on these public areas. Um, but, you know, I want what's good for the state. And I know there's so many iguanas out there. I, I think that we going to have them for a while. <clears throat> Do you but, eat them often? Um, yeah yeah no do i eat them off no i've eaten them um (laughs) you said they're tasty i I was like all right i don't eat them often though like i said i'm not a real adventurous eater um and for me i get so many of them i smell them all day like it's just nasty to me yeah so i feed feed them all to my hogs and then any of them that are big enough and not shot to hell by clients i'll um have leather products made out of them sweet
1: yeah yeah that's awesome but, you know,
2: you kind of ask what the iguana culture is like down here for, for hunting. Um, there are people that go out and hunt them now, especially since, you know, it's become big on, not just for me, Some a couple other people. I, I would say mainly for me um, on YouTube and Instagram. Um, it's kind of like the Wild West, dude. It's I hear of, you know, people getting their windows shot out. I hear of people getting hit with stray bullets and all kind of crazy stuff. <coughs> So for me, it worries me that the state is eventually going to kind of shut it down, which may not affect me. I'm permitted to be in all the canals I'm hunting. Um, So, you know, I I don't know where the future (laughs) of it's going, but right now it is. It's like the Wild West a little bit. And that's one of the things I I think people are kind of I hear people getting themselves in trouble. I don't want people to think just go out there and blast iguanas. Be careful. Your pellet is an extension of you. Yeah, technically they can arm trespass you. You don't want to get animal cruelty. You don't want to get wanton waste. So you know, just just be careful. And know what you're doing.
1: Yeah, and that's that's what I was trying to bring up here a second ago. Is <clears throat> like a lot of times these are in. I mean, they they like to creep in on you know the, the the living area of humans you know so usually they're all in like people's backyard yeah that's that's what was going on with my parents down there where people were shooting them successfully in their own backyards on the limb like out over the pond and not thinking where it was going after that yeah. <laughs> and it would go yeah, across I mean. the pond and it was hitting yeah. you know houses and windows sliding glass windows and this and that you know and doing
2: damage to vehicles you Ooh, know boys. And, well, yeah, a, lot of these boys, people, you know? a lot of these people, they like don't have any experience with guns in the first place. I can't tell you how many people have come out on hunts with me that have never held a gun or looked through a scope, but they're gung ho on killing iguanas. And I mean, I even see like Rambo. I'm, yeah, dude, they, they get like bloodthirsty for it. Big they Rambo. want to do they want to take these crazy shots where I'm like, how in the world did you think that this was going to be a, like, you know, oh, I'm gonna shoot this one. Like, no, no you're not. <laughs> there's a fucking lady with her dog right behind <laughs> talking about. And it is dude, it blows my mind. How unsafe some of these people are. It's yeah. If
1: you're not raised with not, firearms, it's it's yeah. yeah. And that's a, obviously your job as an outfitter and a guide to yep, make sure that it. that cannot be giving us a bad name. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sure a pile of folks would even attempt to do this with like, you know, a 22 long rifle too, you know, like then you got, yeah you got a mile to deal with Mm -hmm. let alone
2: you know so you're not only that you're illegally firing a firearm in city limits probably on the the fucking highway (laughs) yeah yeah you know it's a good idea to catch them where none of that can
1: happen dogs oh my god there you go so the the pellet gun you're using you know that's what you guys use right air rifles right yes sir yeah what do you use
2: um what do you like to use for that and, and Ed Gun Leshy too. Uh, it's the Python Cowboy Edition, actually. And it's uh,
1: oh, Are you yes in my back? Yes up, back up, back up. Time, well, like <laughs> <right. clears throat>
2: Start from the beginning. What do we yeah, got? You like I slide that in there? Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh yeah you got to <laughs> hammer down on this. This is pretty cool. Start, start. I want to hear about this.
2: So yeah, the Python Cowboy Edition. You get um, it's a thirty caliber semi-automatic air rifle. It's basically an AR-15, dude. It is as sick as it gets. It's the baddest air air gun on the market. Um, it's from what I've seen, one of the only air guns that's good, not shooting at a target. Like, you know, I can clip this thing on my side with my Magpul. Uh, um, I don't know why I can't think of it. Uh, my magpul harness, pull, right? Harness. Thank you. Yeah. yeah harness. Uh, my pull harness and it just hangs there. It's short, compact, light dude, laser beam accurate. I, for a while, you know, Maybe I shouldn't say this on the podcast. I would <laughs> use a, a suppress 22 on some of these mm. iguana removals and just tell them it's an air gun. Mm. But when I got, Throw when I got these him. things, dude, they're way more accurate. Like they are laser beam. So I I, I want to use these and they hit just as hard. Even with a 30 caliber um, Python cowboy edition. You get upgraded to tank upgraded AR 15 style Picatinny rail and the upgraded suppressor that fits under the rail. Um so you know it's it's badass looking. And uh they Does are come
1: in python colors dude? Cuz if not No, not yet. We're <laughs> we're working
2: on maybe getting a python print one, uh-huh. we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> But uh I do sell uh python accessories for it, you know, um uh harnesses and all kind of stuff. So oh,
1: cool. If you're not cooking yeah. me python liver, I'm not coming,
2: dude. <laughs> 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 Well, yeah, dude. They're the those air guns are they're badass. They're as fun as it gets, and it, it is. It's like a video game when you're out there. You got no recoil. They're dead quiet, and uh, they're just a, a lot of fun to use. Here's something that I, I noticed. Uh,
1: there was a a public area where some jackwagon kept dumping all these domestic ducks where I used to like to go hunt. You know, like actual yeah. game waterfowl. You know, and they kept turning loose of all the what the heck were these like Peking ducks? You know, I like, like, oh, yeah. oh, mean, got a couple yeah. of them down here. Yeah. And then I know you got the Muscovies like crazy down there. I used to yep. catch them with my dogs when I was a kid. It was one of my favorite things. Um, but, but back to the air rifles, you know, so they kept putting all these in there and then they were aggressive. So they're displacing all the ducks that I wanted to hunt. And 100%. I wasn't a hundred percent, which hundred percent sure which house it was. that was dumping them down there, but I just didn't want any conflict, but I wanted, I wanted to be rid of them. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I went and talked to my buddy who had some high-end air rifle and went down there to take care of these things. And I practiced with it. And when you shoot it, they are dead quiet. Oh, yeah. it, it shoots and it's just a little, you know, yeah. and that's it. However, <clears throat> if it's you shoot, if, yeah, if you hit water or you hit what you're after, I swear if you hit a duck with a 22 air, it sounds like you're clapping two bricks together. Lock. There's
2: no way to make <laughs> that quiet. I was not yeah, prepared. It's for got that. a little bit of a whop, especially a 30 caliber.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. I think mine was a oh god, I'd lie. I have no clue. It was my buddy. He's a gun nut. He was like, "Here, use this." I was like, "Awesome!" I went down there and uh, it worked. It was (laughs) a. Let me
2: ask you: Were you head shooting them? Were you chest shooting them? What did you do? Yes. (laughs) Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, into everything. Say, all said. of the above. It, it started off with a bunch of really classy, smooth operator yeah. shots. And then they, they they, knew something was going down. Okay. And they yep. started yep. taking off running. And then at that point, I was just.
2: Dude, they're tough. They're tough. Yeah.
1: Local I was just man. raining hag on them. And then I, you know, sent my draughts out there. I was like, get, get get, them up. Get everybody yeah. up. I wasn't sure what was dead, you know. like So it was, it was a train wreck. But by the end of it, I did actually get. And, it, you know, it, there was some it was the same kind of stuff as with some of the coot videos. It was like, they got into the brush and I was like, great, just stay there. Don't fly away. You know? And we cleaned up all the ones on the water, but by the end of it, we killed like
0: 28,
1: you know? No shit. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. But it, again, it was, it was you know, a barrel with a bunch of brush around it. So they, they chased a lot of them into the dry land around it, the marshy areas and, and pulled them out of there. But that was something that I just figured anytime I hear air talk about, they're so quiet. They're so you know, sneaky. Um, I, unless you hit what you're right. after. And then, you oh. know, it
2: sounds like a firework show going off, you know? So I I do what you're talking about in, in these communities okay. in like the mid- yeah. middle of the night. Because yeah. the residents, they'll feed all these damn Egyptian geese or Muscovy ducks. And then they crap everywhere. So yeah. then the community hires me to come <laughs> and kill them all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, these people, I call them Karens, they'll lose their mind if they see me shoot one of these ducks. Mm-hmm. So they I get come. mad
1: if your Yag Terrier catches one too. Let me tell you. Oh, <laughs> yo, they
2: hate to see the dogs catch them. Oh my God, they hate it. But um, I just got into it with a lady on the canal last week for that. But uh, so you know, I'll go in in the middle of the night and wipe these things out. And, you know, I try to be as quiet as I can. Um, yeah. but that's like, yeah, it is. You gotta, you gotta be careful. It can be loud. Usually I I thankfully I haven't had anyone in the middle of the night come out to me yet. You know, the next Mm. day they wake up to go feed their ducks and they're all gone. But um, yeah, that's it.
1: Local man (laughs) gets caught beating goose with shoe. (laughs) 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 Those Egyptian geese are actually a beautiful animal. I mean, I totally advocate for smoking one, but it's like the most most goose with pizzazz. Why (laughs) do they got to be so beautiful? (laughs) You know what
2: I mean? I, I just caught... Uh, three little babies uh two days ago for myself and i i kept them i i got them at my place oh, awesome. they are, they're pretty as cool they're super pretty and then uh i'm always bringing people out to my my place to see all the animals so it's just one more thing i can show them are they loud are they very vocal like
1: a- when, when, when they when they
2: get to be adults yeah they're they're pretty loud but they ain't no louder than my peacock so
1: Oh man, peacocks! Every redneck in the valley I grew up has like ten peacocks. I swear they're so annoying.
2: <laughs> yeah, they, they you, are. They are.
1: Can you do a can you do a peacock call right now on Houndsman XP Python Cowboy? <laughs> yeah, I'll
2: I'll leave that one.
1: <laughs> it's like it's a very high yaw, like a of jungle sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My yeah. neighbor has one, um, and if you're listening, I, they I, they're very nice. They are not annoying at all.
2: <laughs> I don't believe. <laughs> <laughs> I heard they're delicious, honestly. So we hey, actually uh, we had auto catch one, which was which was pretty cool. A live one caught the is that right?
1: So we, <laughs> yeah. Did he? How much feathers did he go through before he got to the bird? You know, I like. Oh, well, really? he just
2: brought it back to me. Um, okay. I didn't really see the whole the whole kill of it, but uh, I mean, he brought it back and still still had some feathers for sure. Dang. That's badass. Florida is like a
1: it's like hunting in a petting zoo. Yeah,
2: I mean? we've had um Otto and my lead dog Moose cat catch a Nile monitor, uh just about six foot long.
1: Whoa. What's the weirdest <laughs> thing you've you've caught and or hunted there?
2: Uh well that that Nile monitor is definitely up there. Um I've it's caught a a white throat monitor. Um Myself, uh, I had my dog as backup, but I, I caught that in the side of someone's house. Six foot white throw monitor. Um, I'm getting ready to hopefully go and and hunt uh, one of the monkeys we have down here. Oh, really? So, whoa, what, so what do you wait, have? What? Capuchins? Okay, wait. Go what? back. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, we have we have two different species down here. Um. I think one's the rhesus, and one's uh. I want to say the m- macaw. Uh, yeah um which so there's one up in silver springs and there's one one down south uh kind of on the edge of this park that people they go and feed them and they're becoming a big problem um mainly you know i'm going not necessarily clean up but i've never hunted a monkey so i figured i have a rare chance here in florida they're an invasive species they're causing a problem so see see what i can maybe do yeah, I saw a video of right. like a bunch of them, like <laughs> swan diving out of a tree. Dude, that's in Silver Springs. Those I probably won't be able to hunt, um, because they're like kind of in a in a park, and I think it'd be pretty frowned upon. But um, <laughs> and then we'll eat their liver. This other yeah. place down south, they won't let that go. <laughs> and like a tourist attraction. So that's crazy, man. I wonder. Yeah. Wow. That's. That's pretty cool honestly. I mean it sucks that they're there. Well it but. is, you know, the the monkeys they can they do that. They, they got a potential to become such a huge problem and uh I'm just surprised oh, it's not <laughs> more like on the radar of the state and and everything like that. I think they're more scared of the backlash they would get from doing anything about it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, for sure
1: they're so the charismatic, yeah.
2: But yeah, we we got it all down here. I mean, um I just had some clients shoot shoot some parrots on a guided hunt not too long ago. Uh, they're nesting up in transformers of these power stations, and there's tons of them. Tons of them in some of these areas. Pretty pretty green, you know, parakeets.
1: So when I asked you future goals, you should've been like, dude, become a breed a
2: monkey dog, <laughs> <laughs> monkey dog. There you <laughs> yeah. go. I want to catch a monkey and train him to get the iguanas out of the trees. That's what I need. Mean. You need like a like a
1: civet or something, some kind of like high drive a, or a mm. hawk oh there you oh. go okay. there you now, go yeah so here we go we're gonna get into that i'm gonna have to duck out for this one you got you guys can keep going with the with that with the
2: falconry yeah, stuff. dude but... i'm i'm frothing to start using a, a <laughs> yeah. so That's so damn cool
1: for for this for the section of hunting with uh hunting dog hunting iguanas and pythons with dogs is there anything else, brother? You gotta. Is there anything you gotta get off
2: your chest, or something we need to know that we didn't ask you? Something you had in mind before? Yeah. So I've been thinking about it for a while, and finally linking up with our boy Chad here. Um, I, I would love to start using a hawk um, for iguanas. I think it would be perfect for it, and I think it would be shit. And I think Chad agrees with me. Oh, heck yeah.
1: You know what? It'd be, it'd be an absolute party. That's yeah. what
2: got me like really following and interested in Chad was um I seen Seth mention him, Seth Simpson mentioned him on Instagram. And then when I went to his page, I was like, dude, this dude's dudes Falcons using birds. And for years I've been the last two years, probably I've been talking about it and I just haven't been able to link up with anybody. And I have no, no idea anything about it. You know what I mean? I didn't know if it was possible or what. So um, you know, me and Chad finally linked up and he's got me fired up big time.
1: Yep. Nice. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there there's all way there's a there's a, a ton of ways we can do it, you know, at it like the depth, like we can come at it from you know, beautyos with red tails or maybe in the red shoulders hawks and you know, tying Harris's hawks, whatever. We we got tons of options and uh, uh, Seth's wanting to pour into that you know here in a second um and i can't wait to talk about that one um but uh, as far as as far as like the cur dogs after the hogs and uh, um uh your python hunting and your iguana stuff is there any 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 anything you
2: want to want to share um anything left to leave us with here um you you tell me what 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 more what more should I share? What do you? I don't know,
1: man. I think we kind of touched on everything. We just like to give, you know, people in case yeah, there's something yeah. they couldn't quite work in that they wouldn't. Um, have well, to so say,
2: here, you know? here's one, you know, people always ask me, which I don't know if your audience is going to think the same thing, because your audience is more, you know, thrill seekers like us, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but people always ask me why I just don't shoot the damn snakes. Well, why, I, why I bother catching them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just because uh, for me, wrestling with a snake is the funnest thing in the world. Um, it's, you know, walking up and shooting these things point blank in the head to humanely kill them is what you would need to do. You can lose that snake very easily like that. You getting too close, it can bolt away. You not getting a clean shot. You're going to damage the, the skin, which for me, that's where I make all my money on them. That skin is extremely valuable. Um, you're going to damage the skin. You're going to inhumanely kill the snake or you're going to wound it and it's going to escape which has happened to many, many people, even state contractors. I won't name any names, but I know a few state contractors that didn't feel comfortable catching a big 15, 16 foot snake. They try to shoot it with their pistol. That snake got away. Hmm. Uh, it's happened many times to people. So for me, I've never lost a snake. And that's because I grab them all by hand. Once I got them by hand, I know they're not getting away. And then, you know, I can dance with them, wrestle with them, which for me is half the reason why I hunt them in the first place. Aside from that, I'm also down there for days at a time, sleeping in the swamp and keeping these dead snakes fresh on ice is easier said than done. So I prefer to keep them alive in a bag until I leave the swamp. I euthanize them all before I leave. And then I bring them home and skin them <laughs> out do whatever I need to do. But that, that's like a, a big question I always get from people. So I figured... I'll answer that.
1: No, that's a great one. I really think that's important. You know, like, you know, saving the value of the animal, uh, securing it 100%, you know, like not taking a pop shot at it, wait till you get it in the bag, you know, like, so no, that, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And I can imagine a lot of people that I have, I've seen people
2: ask that before. So yeah, yeah. all all the time. Yeah. They think they're like telling me, so just use a machete. Like, okay. Yeah. That'd be so (laughs) much more humane. (laughs) Use a boot yeah just
1: in the true florida way (laughs) (laughs)
2: yeah
1: well i gotta get running you guys there's a i got a big evening coming up here with me i I spent all day hunting hares and now i'm gonna go do some other crazy stuff so uh uh python cowboy thank you so much for coming on buddy i really appreciate that you guys are more than welcome to keep this going San seth here but uh i really want to thank you for coming on man uh you got a really exciting youtube channel it's a lot of fun and uh Maybe we'll all come down there sometime and we'll 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 uh snipe now out some iguanas. Talking. Now so. we're
2: talking. Appreciate you for sure.
1: Oh yeah. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Let's hunt them hard and treat them like heroes, you guys. Cool stuff, huh? What's not the like in there? You know? Like Yeah. <laughs> I need to I need to get a gun named after me. That would be One cool. day I'll be that cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The 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 I don't use guns though. That's the problem. I I, I, I not when I hunt with dogs, I don't at least. And Chad, you shouldn't either. You need to get up there and just catch those lions. Quit shooting. Is that right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I thought you were a man, Chad. (laughs) Yeah. I'll be, I'll get there one day. I'll get there one day. um you yeah, could the, probably train something crazy <laughs> there you go you know i've always like well he was actually talking about it too at one point was the squirrels and the monkeys and, and all that and yeah i used to joke all the time back in louisiana when i did falconry with some squirrel dogs you know some tree dogs and a red tail hawk and i was catching squirrels and they'll get up into the nest and sometimes the birds on the ground after making a miss and it doesn't see it and you see the squirrel run up and then hide in the nest and then depending on your your state you're not allowed to bring a gun with you there's nothing you know there's tricks you can do when you're just using squirrel dogs you just blow the nest or whatever you know but with a falcon the, or the hawk you, you're kind of at a loss and i I joke all the time about sending a capuchin monkey up there or something to <laughs> slap the nest or tug on it you know like oh my gosh yeah. that'd be hilarious you know and then if I got that far, then I'd have to have him ride in on the catch dog while hog dogging, you know, like that. <laughs> you know, that would be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> if, if, if the hog flips the flips the catch dog and takes off, <laughs> have a monkey with a tracking system on his back, and he can just run behind him, you know, <laughs> or, or ride him. Ride if him anyone's gonna make him. this happen, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll see. I don't have any pigs right now to to hunt, so uh, it, it's kind of it's it's on the shelf, but should Let's i go move find some we- minus the monkeys <laughs> minus the monkeys <laughs> yeah oh uh, but yeah that was well exciting, chad man i digged it man yeah me too that was awesome i was having t- too too much fun really so uh anyway you guys i wanted to make a couple quick shout outs you guys thanks to all our patrons out there you guys uh have been awesome and engaging with us i did want to make an announcement on the air here i have recently discovered in the last few weeks that uh patrons when you get emails or messages from patreon for me at patreon uh they go to your spam folder if your internet settings or your email settings may be set that way so uh, i'd really appreciate it if you haven't heard anything from me in a while and you're like hmm that's weird check your spam folder and uh, you'll you will see messages from me in there. I, I make sure I message every patron about news and things like that. So if you're going to join us on Patreon, you guys, please supply me with your mailing address if you want to get sweet prizes and you know get uh, drawings if you win a monthly drawing. So those are considerable. Um, That's not just like a patron yeah. They show. are There's all kinds of cool stuff, like really cool stuff. Our monthly our monthly prize package is always a minimum of fifty bucks between 50 and hundred bucks. Our semi-annual is between 200 and 300 and our annual is up to a thousand. So, I mean, these are like big prizes, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's one way we can give back. And so thanks to all our awesome, sp- sponsors and partners of Houndsman XP that have uh, donated prize packages in the past. Uh, we really appreciate that, that you guys, so thank you. And, and also uh, there's a lot of really good episodes of Houndsman XP being produced right now. That's something I haven't said in a while, but it's true. And it's very heartfelt. Um, Man, the episodes that Heath and and Josh and Chris have been putting out with everybody has been has been top notch. I, I really have been enjoying listening to Zone Xp in the last month, two months. Um, I just think uh, some of the guests are just incredible. So uh, and and good hosts, good hosts. I really, really enjoyed you guys' tethering episode. I got like, a lot of good chuckles out of that, and and uh, <laughs> really, you know, it was interesting hearing other people's setups because uh, I have a very open mind. But like my dogs live in a giant communal pen. Mm-hmm. And my whole pack just lives in a big old five acre pen together and they just come inside whenever they want. But it's so funny, you know, you never think of tethering as having that line up in the air on that like pulley system thing. That's something that you kind of never think about. And uh, yeah, it's really, it's really cool. I could see keeping hounds like that for sure. Instead of building pins and fences just because wow, convenient, you can move it around and uh Yeah. So anyway, I learned a lot from that. That's the beauty. I work for Houndsman XP, and I'm still being a fan and listening to the show and learning stuff. So that feels cool. So anyway, great job to all the other hosts out there. You guys are making top-notch shows, and I really look forward to listening more. So anyway, that was my spiel, chat. That's all I got, brother, for this month. If you want to add anything, now's the time. Yeah. No, I think we got it all. I think I think we got it all for this. You know, for this go round. Uh, uh, looking forward to next to the next show you know yes we're not stopping there this isn't just a high point we got all kinds of good stuff coming yeah we're you guys i always feel the best per the best contents in person well guess what me and chad we're we're mounting up and riding to a new location we're gonna get some awesome in-person footage with a pretty famous guy so uh stay tuned for that you guys we'll break that ice i've talked to the patrons about it but we're gonna have some sweet footage hopefully you know if we get if the hunting's good which it should be we're going peak time we're going to have some sweet stuff coming up. So stay tuned for next month's episode all mixed up. You guys, it's going to just be just as unique and me and Chad are there. So it's going to be yep. a good time. <laughs> I'll talk to you all later. Thanks everyone. And thank you, Chad, for all your hard work, buddy. Thank you too, bub. Uh So let's, uh, let's work them hard and treat them like heroes.
2: Nice.